Welcome to Tune In Intuition, where we learn as we go in order to get closer to our inner selves as well as source. How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. I'm just kidding. That was like a uh, that was like a small talk response. I mean, overall, I am I'm doing good. But like right now, I welcome you to my somewhat procrastinated episode. <laughs> I, you know, I think one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to talk about this specific topic. So, you know, the episode was just awaiting to get made, if that even makes sense. <laughs> I just, it's a lot. The topic is mental health, specifically, I think my journey with mental health and therapy. Um, Yeah. Where do I start? I don't know. I have a bunch of notes down because, you know, I wanted to kind of get the sequential order of my life and kind of when things happened, how did they happen, and I don't know. But And then I realized it's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think in general, like, yeah, mental health is... Uh, a big topic to cover <laughs> so and I think a part of the reason why I'm also somewhat nervous to make this episode is because I in a way I feel like I don't want to say anything wrong you know I don't want to describe something in a wrong way or I don't even it, I don't even know because really this is my life with mental health and the way I perceive it. So, you know, take things as they resonate with you. Again, my opinion, my perspective, my viewpoint on said topic. <laughs> and, you know, I'm well aware that I can learn so much more on this topic than I have learned and what I know. Like, I mean, in general, psychology is an unlimited field to study, right? So I'm just dipping my toes into it right now. I also want to add that I feel like this is an important topic for me to talk about in an episode, not only to maybe bring it into awareness in the world, but also just for me to like heal different parts of myself as I do my best in trying to explain things. I know that what once I talk about things and let it out there, like release it, it's it's going to heal these different moments or parts of, you know, my mental health journey and my life in general. And so I think that's why like you know, I'm a bit nervous to, like, because I, I, there's just so much that I could say and I just don't want to, like, I want to make sure I'm covering the thing, the different aspects of this to the best of my ability. And maybe if I make this video, say, like, three months from now, it's going to maybe be completely different than how I would talk about it right now. So, really, this is just where I'm at right now. Things can always improve and change. My opinion can always improve and change. But yeah, I just want to like also share this with you guys and maybe other people resonate with it and won't feel so 
um, I don't know, won't, like, feel like they have to hold these things just to themselves. You know, it's important to talk about it and let other people know that you're going through things. Let yourself know that you're going through things. So I guess maybe there's also a disclaimer to this. I'm not a huge fan of disclaimers, but I'll put it out there, like, it's a mental health and therapy episode, so there's gonna be sensitive topics that I'm talking about. If you're not ready to listen to that, then don't, (laughs) but if you're interested and you're here listening, then, you know, just be mindful and sensitive to how these topics and how my words can affect you personally. With that being said, let's get into it. So I grew up in Romania. I mean, I was born there and up until the age of five, I was living there, right? And then at age of five, I came over to America and slowly integrated into the American culture, as well as keeping my Romanian culture very intact. Um, (laughs) I not only visited Romania like every two years or every three years, like in the summers, I would always go back and, you know, I'm fluent in the language, um, the cultures all around me when I am close to my parents. So with that being said, growing up, I, I don't think mental health was really talked about in my like Romanian culture. It wasn't something that everyone was aware of, even emotional health. The emotional and psychological and social well-being are all part of mental health. But we didn't really talk about that, I guess, just as a family and what I noticed. I mean, even when I got into school, it wasn't, I think, it wasn't up until like my last few years of high school that mental health was starting to be talked about publicly. You know, so growing up, I was doing fine, you know, yeah, like maybe I was sometimes keeping more to myself, just maybe more introverted. You know, I would have, like, questions about life and why people do the things they do, but to an extent, I think that's normal. I would also sometimes question my different, like, mental states of mind, but again, I just thought that was, like, normal. Still not sure if it is or not, honestly. And I grew up in a pretty, like, happy family, you know? We were very close and... I have four older brothers, so, um, yeah, I'm the only, I'm the only girl, I'm the youngest, and maybe that also a little bit contributed to the isolation that I had, but I didn't think it was, like, that big of a deal, like, this is just my family, you know, but as we grew up, as we got older, my brothers were going through different periods of time, they were, you know, getting involved in just all the things that teenagers and young adults like to discover. So I saw that growing up and I was, I'm very aware. I became very aware of that. And along my journey of growing up, I realized that, oh, like I'm a bit more of a sensitive person. Like I just knew I was sensitive. I didn't know how to necessarily like cope with that or just uh, accept that part of myself. And then high school came around where it became so freaking clicky. I didn't like it, but a part of me was like preparing for that. 
And so I found myself, you know, hanging out with um, one or two close friends and I didn't need more than that. You know, I'm kind of like a quality versus quantity type of person. And so I didn't even see myself fitting in. And honestly, I didn't even want to like fit into all these groups because I would always like take a step back and be like, what is going on here? Like, why is everyone dressed the same? Why is everyone acting the same? Like, who, what, what? (laughs) So I naturally found myself being more creative and uh, being more of an art kid. I, I spent a lot of my times in the art room just taking all of the art classes that I possibly can, even going there for lunch or staying later after school. That was my way of kind of coping with things, you know, just of coping with my thoughts and like, what is high school? What am I going to do after high school? All these like blah, blah, blah questions. <laughs> it wasn't until... I don't even know, like mid-high school when I got into my first relationship. And maybe I should have also added to my growing up that not only is my culture, but also my family very religious, specifically Christian Orthodox. That's also how I grew up. I grew up very um, religious, being mindful of God and its presence as much as I could at my age. And honestly, I also don't know how much in detail to go about all of these things, but right now I'm just kind of giving you a backstory to understand who I am as a person, I guess, and it's just a little backstory. Like, this doesn't, you know, define me, like, completely. It's not all that I've done. You can't really summarize someone's entire life in, like, a few minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyways, like, I got into my first relationship, and it was from a friendship, it became a relationship, and without me questioning what it is, what's going on, it naturally progressed like that. And I think I was, like, about 17, you know? So it was, like, peak teenage years. <laughs> and that relationship was with another girl, You can imagine growing up in such a religious family and culture, that was not accepted (laughs) from my family, but I didn't question it so much myself, you know? It wasn't until later, as the relationship progressed and other factors came into play, that I really was starting to, quote-unquote, lose my mind, (laughs) Like I said, other factors started to come into play, including my relationship with my parents, eventually my relationship with myself. I just started questioning a lot around me. And something I want to point out is that a part of me wasn't listening to my intuition about the relationship itself. Um, Like, I always had a feeling that something else was going on with this person, although I really did not want to accept that. And so that really took a toll on me. Now, you know, looking back at what happened and looking back at um, to my different states of being and emotions, I really didn't want to trust myself and trust my intuition about what was going on. And so that just progressed for months and months and months and even, like, years where I could have taken the action to say what was on my mind and 
and then see what happens or, you know, taking the action to end the relationship and take care of myself. And as I was neglecting my intuition towards just my, that specific relationship, my relationship with my parents and my family started to be really affected, right? Because, like I said, they weren't, naturally, they weren't um, accepting of that relationship. And so I felt really hurt, you know, like, not only my ego or something, just my being, you know, I was young and I'm still young, but like, I was just hurt of like feeling unaccepted by my my family. First off, at that time, it's like any kid, you know, just wants to be accepted. And if they're like immediate um, people, you know, their immediate tribe doesn't accept them, then they start thinking there's something wrong with them. And that's where my thoughts started going. So my thoughts were all over the place already. And it was getting really, really bad. Even at, at one point, I even like, I ran away from my home and didn't see my parents for weeks or months. I don't know. I just needed time. And I was still going to school. I, I think I had a job too. And I was also like doing track. It was a, a lot that I was participating in. And I felt myself just like windling down. Like I can't handle this anymore. Like I cannot do this. And then I started to just have like these overwhelming emotions, these overwhelming episodes of emotions where I felt like I needed to escape. So I would run to the art rooms where so fortunate and lucky I had people that supported me there. And I was able to just put my headphones in, listen to music and escape and just draw or cry, you know, and that was really my coping at that time, music and crying. It eventually got to a point where I I had a panic attack. Panic attacks are really a brief episode of intense anxiety, right? And then anxiety is this intense, excessive, and persistent feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. That All that fear, dread, uneasiness, it became so intense that my heart started beating faster. I was having shortness of breath, like, I literally felt I couldn't breathe, just, like, you know, like, panicking. I think I I was definitely shaking a lot, and this happened, like, in a snap of a moment. I'll, it's so hard for me to forget that moment of time. I don't know if I ever will. It was just that intense that I'm literally even getting emotional about it right now. What happened at the time is that I was in the car. I was actually, like, in the parking lot of my church, I think, getting out of church. And then I looked at my phone and I got a very specific message. Now, this message was directly linked to that intuition I was talking about earlier where I hadn't listened to it. I completely... I was just, like, in denial of that very specific intuitive um, knowing, I was in denial of it. And so when I received this message, it felt like a complete confirmation that what my intuition was trying to tell me was right. And here I am not wanting to believe it and denying it. But again, here it is. And it it was right. And then, you know, then comes the the panic attack. So I was literally in a car and I didn't know what the freak to do 
So I literally started driving. Now, I seriously would not recommend this to anyone, but I love driving and it calms me down at times, but I wasn't about to sit there in that parking lot and have panic attacks. So I started driving. I I called my best friend to kind of just talk about it and hopefully like with the goal of calming down. You know, I eventually got to a, a point in my driving where I found a parking spot and really then was able to calm down and not be in that state of mind anymore. Um, thank God I stopped, you know, because something bad really could have happened. That's why, again, I don't recommend anyone driving under very intense anxiety or very intense emotions, like even anger or things like that. You know, I explained that first panic attack because that was really kind of like the turning point of my whole mental health period, you know, my whole journey. And I believe this panic attack, not only was it because of that specific um, message I received, but it was also just this buildup of anxiety over the past year or, yeah, literally the past year of my life where with all this stress going on. You know, it kind of happened where, like, I was so much more open to experiencing more anxiety and other panic attacks. Like, once that first happened, then, like, others were more easily to come through. Of course, I wasn't aware of any of this at the time. I was just trying to not die (laughs) because that's what it feels like sometimes when you're in that intense moment. During, like, school hours, I would have this intense feeling of anxiety where I really didn't know what to do and I didn't know who to turn to. So, again, I went to the art rooms and I was suggested that, like, hey, maybe you should just go and see your doctor and explain these things to them during a like a basically another like panic attack or anxiety episode I called my doctor and I was like hey like I need to get in right now I'm not feeling good I need some sort of help please (laughs) so yeah that's really what happened I, I don't remember if it was like the next day or a few days after where I went into my doctor's and I was doing my best to explain what was going on At that time, like, the doctor gave me these paper quizzes about anxiety and depression, and I was just, like, filling in answers, which at that specific moment in time, and even right now, I'm kind of, like, it's a little ridiculous because, like, as I was reading those questions, I was like, well, of course I'm going to be testing positive for this shit. So, um, I don't know. It just seems very, it seemed very generic to me. But nonetheless, I took the quizzes, I tested positive, and I think at that time, the doctor recommended therapy to me, psychotherapy, and gave me a card, and I and I think even set up an appointment, I don't remember exactly, but then I started going into therapy, which was really cool. I was not at all, like, opposed to therapy, because to me, it just seems like I'm talking, I'm just talking to someone, you know, and I always found comfort in that, just expressing myself through communication to anyone, just having conversation, you know, and so that's like the first thing I would say about therapy is that it's such a relief to have someone that's specifically there to listen to you, to listen to any of your weird or crazy, quote unquote, crazy thoughts and feelings and experiences, and for them to not judge you based off of those, you know, to even, like, tell you and show you that, hey, like, that's okay. That's somewhat of a normal response to what you're experiencing. Like, what are we going to do about it now? And just 
validating your experience in general. And I really appreciated the fact that they're like a third party um, person, you know, they're not involved specifically to the situation. Like if I'm having, say I'm having troubles with my brother, you know, for me to talk to my brother or say another brother about it, it's like a little bit closely involved, you know, where people are going to have different biases or different opinions. Well, with like um, mental health professional, they don't really have that. They don't do that. They're there to just objectively listen to you. So that was the start of like therapy in general. It was okay. I wouldn't say it was like the best person I've seen. You know, I feel like as time goes on and as you see more different therapists, it, it can, it'll get better and better. Um, but it was a great start. And then I think I even went there with my parents one time. And that, that was good too, but I, I don't know how helpful it was for them, again, with the very traditional points of view. And then later on, I, I don't know, like part of this is blurry, but what I remember is that I eventually also went to the doctor and got prescribed some medicine for my anxiety and depression because I was having some depressive thoughts but it was just mostly anxiety and depression again is just like an overwhelming feeling of sadness and unworthiness you know it can go as bad as having suicidal thoughts you know just why am I here I don't want to be here like all these things luckily I never had suicidal thoughts I never was on that verge of you know taking my own life but I most definitely had these feelings of needing to escape like I just wanted to get in my car and drive just drive like I don't even care where I don't even know where I'm just gonna get away from this current situation so like escapism in general so I remember getting prescribed some medicine and I don't in general I am not I I feel like I keep saying in general but whatever I, I'm not the type to really take medicine, like, I just, growing up, like, we didn't really do that as much, only if it was, like, very severe, you know, we would take medications and try different natural ways of coping, you know, so I was a little bit maybe, like, opposed to medication, but I was so all over the place at that period of time that I had a feeling, like, let me give this a try, like, I, I can't, I just, like, don't know what else to do. Uh, I don't even remember exactly what medication, but it was a very, like, low dose, and I think I took it for about a month, and I started feeling a bit better, but the effects of it wasn't that immediate for me, and overall, I was aware of the fact that taking this medication, it would be something I'd have to do for a long time and very like frequently and in and even into figuring out like what the right medicine and dose is for me so that was like a, a a lot of trial and error that I didn't feel I could do at that point in time and you know if you are experiencing like different mental health situations and you think medicine will help you, like, I go for it, you know, if that's something you want to look into, you know, talk to your doctor about it and go into it. But specifically for me, it just wasn't enough. Of course, at that time when I was, like, younger, I, you know, weed was around me. I had tried it before, but I wasn't, like, freak. I wasn't a frequent smoker. Then I really got into it for 
specifically to decrease my anxiety. Like, that was helping me a lot. I believe I I really felt the effects of the medicinal marijuana, you know, of those benefits that it has of decreasing anxiety and being more present and just all those benefits. So then I took it upon myself, basically, to, you know, just self-medicate. Also, with my medicine, it was like you had to take a pill every single day, and I would seriously just forget to take it. And it and sometimes that can have like adverse effects. Like if you don't if you don't take the medicine on the day and time you're supposed to, then it can have even worse effects on your mental health. So it just had a lot of risks risks to it that I didn't want to go into. But I guess I also wasn't aware of the fact that marijuana also has a bunch of risks <laughs> with it. Again, I was just doing what I thought was best for me. So yeah, so then I completely cut off the medication and I was smoking weed to cope. And smoking weed to cope for my anxiety and depression lasted for years. <laughs> like, and, it, and there was periods of time where it was like every day, multiple times a day. There was periods of time where it was just like once a day, a few times a week, once a month, you know, just it varied. And that's what I liked about it as well, because I can vary it. Like I can just use this when I specifically need it. But again, I don't recommend that to people. I just, I would specifically recommend going to a therapist. (laughs) You know, that's, mm, that's part of my conclusion as of now. Well, all right. So then, you know, senior year came and I officially broke off my relationship that first relationship just completely broke it off. I knew I needed to do what was best for me. I had this like, well, technically at the at the new year of 2019, I felt like as though I had a spiritually spiritual awakening. I understood things on this energetic level. I knew that there was something more to life than just this. I knew that the specific experiences I had gone through had to be for a reason and that there were there was more of a reason than what I can even see. And I guess I should also mention when everything went down, when I started to go through all these moments of panic and whatnot, I, I sort of, you know, put my faith and my religious experiences on hold, on pause. Like, I let it just fade away into the background because... That was going to be like a whole nother layer that I couldn't understand at the moment and I could, there wasn't a way for me to get into it. So then 2019 came, I feel it as though I had a spiritual awakening and I think that's when I started getting back into my faith. A few months went by with this experiences and then I started completely cutting off that person, that relationship for my life. It was senior year of high school. I knew, uh, you know, I was going to graduate soon and I didn't have to like see that. I didn't have to see this, um, just the setting of high school in general can be stressful. But on top of that, it's like, okay, high school is ending. I'm going to graduate. What am I going to do after? Now, there was no way in my senior year where I was once thinking about college like I just could not handle that I needed I was just focusing on like living day by day like I needed to focus on my mental health for sure because college was going to be a whole nother thing that was going to be like a whole whole other list of problems that I just knew I could not handle so naturally I just progressed into taking a gap year the cool thing about my gap year was that I got to 
traveled to Romania and several countries in Europe with my best friend. Now, this happened through becoming aware of this religious church camp that was going on. And I've participated in this church camp specifically in the past because it's related to my culture and my religion. So I participated in the past, like just a few like summer camps, stuff like that. But this one, they were going to go to Romania for the summer camp. So for three weeks and visit all these monasteries and holy places and, you know, be with other like young people kids and adults that are also just like Romanian and religious and you know be able to have a group with you. At first I was hesitant into going especially by myself but then when I asked if you know my best friend could come with me they were more than happy to you know offer that option for me and that made me much more comfortable like I wasn't going to be specifically alone and I I had someone there with me that you know has been with me for this whole, my whole like experiences, my whole meltdowns and everything. So that's what happened, you know, we went three weeks and we spent a lot of time in monasteries, going to church services, and we also participated in a Romanian orphanage where we got to take care of kids and play with them and we did a bunch of cool things. So we stayed there for three weeks and then we're like, hey, if we're already in Europe, in Romania, let's travel the freaking, let's just go to different places. So we did that as well, you know, and we went to Italy, went to Paris, London, just really cool, awesome places. And that was really great for us. I, For me, you know, I think it helped me get back to myself a bit and, you know, make me realize that I wasn't, that I'm not like this outsider and I'm not like unique in the fact that I experience hardships and difficulties. What was really good about that trip was at the monasteries, we also got to spend time with monks and priests that were like lecturing us or, you know, giving us advice on different subjects. So I was able to connect there with a monk who to this day became my spiritual father and that was very and very helpful for my journey my spiritual journey and my life in general but also during that whole trip I stopped smoking weed and I wasn't so I wasn't using that to cope with my mental health and that was also really great but then when I got back to America I was also in touch with this other guy this other this other person that I started having a relationship with. And right when I got back, I just straight up got into back into those old habits, old routines of coping. And I was just, again, not okay. You know, I became somewhat like psychologically addicted to marijuana and it wasn't becoming okay. I felt like I was losing myself again, just not knowing just feeling very unsettled, you know, in the place I am, not understanding who I am, not understanding my past. And so it's just been a real, a real journey. This, I feel like this episode is already so long that I'm going to have to make two parts to it. So I think I will just do that. So basically where I'm at now is that I'm back into the States. It's my gap year of, um, quote-unquote my gap year and I'm living back you know in 
at my home where all of these things really occurred and I'm falling into bad habits and, and again just not really knowing how to cope correctly and I think at the time I also started seeing a different therapist um, that I found on Psychology Today and that was that felt really good to me you know just again being able to talk to someone and um being heard felt like I'm being heard and you know not being looked at as an outsider or someone weird or whatever but overall it was I was I wasn't very persistent in getting better I think I was in denial with a lot of my feelings a lot of my thoughts not only about myself but about just my whole past and you know why I had to go through the things I went through you know, and as the gap year started getting to those winter times when you're technically supposed to, you know, apply for college, I wasn't ready for it again. But once again, I didn't listen to my intuition. I wasn't able to just stand up for myself and be like, hey, I'm not ready to go to college again. Like, I need to take care of myself. Like, I wasn't at that point where I could put my pride aside and be like, hey, I need more support. I need more time to heal and get better before I make this big decision. So I fell into just this pressure, maybe from my parents, from society of, okay, well, you got to go to college. You got to get this degree. You got to go get this job, blah, blah, blah. You, you there's no, there's absolutely no way that you can put your life on hold to take care of your mental health. Like that just wasn't an option for whatever freaking reason in my mind. When in reality, that is exactly what you should be doing if you're experiencing difficulties. You know, so it's kind of comical, but not really. And so I'm doing my best to keep a light heart as I talk about these difficulties. And nonetheless, I, with the help of my brother, because there was no way I could even look at a college application myself and understand what the frick to do. And I also completely thought I wasn't even going to get into college. Like, I... You know, I did pretty good with my grades, even though I was, like, panicking through it all. Um, I think it, as an immigrant, it's just instilled in me to get good grades, so that's what I did. But for some reason, my 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 mind was telling me that you're not going to get into college because you're, you're, you're weak. You're bubble, like, just all these beliefs that are so limiting and unreal, you know, and at that time, also, my parents were in this process of, like, thinking of moving across country. My dad was a priest in Romania, but when he moved to America, he had to kind of put that on hold to financially support his family, and so now he had the calling to get back into his priesthood and talking to you know, the Archbishop of Romanian Orthodox Metropolitan, they needed a priest out on the West Coast. There was a church there, but no priest. And at the time, we were living on the East Coast. So for them, they were thinking about this whole cross-country move. And I was like, okay, hey, like, maybe this is a good opportunity for me to also move across country. And so I, yeah, so I was applying to call colleges on the west coast and nonetheless I got in and 
to be continued. (laughs) This is where I'm gonna actually pause this episode because it is seriously getting long and, you know, I do want to get to the point where I'm at right now, which is definitely not then. When I was applying to colleges, it was 2020 and ain't nobody ready for what was to come. (laughs) Am I right? So, I'll be posting the second and the second part to this episode um, next week, so stay tuned. And for now, thank you so much for listening, and I hope, you know, you kept a light heart and understanding and acceptance to my journey. Well, until then, with love, let's tune our intuition. Mm-hmm.